Hello, everybody. Welcome to Comedy Film Nerds, episode 304. Put it in the books. Put it in the books. <laughs> Put it in the books. <laughs> yeah, we're cranking into the 300s. It's kind of amazing. Got a lot of stuff we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about the big short a little bit more uh, this this episode. Also, the Danish girl, Anomalisa, and some interesting things on DVD and Blu-ray. And also want to talk about a short film, World of Tomorrow, that's Ooh, up for an Oscar. Fancy so fans. Lots of stuff to talk about. Must be an all-white short film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's animated, so I'm not entirely oh, sure. Okay, but, okay. Uh, yeah. okay. Um, uh, well, at least hopefully everybody works. Yeah, every stick this. figure was definitely looked Caucasian. So. <laughs> hey, man, yeah. you're here. <laughs> Trump 16, yeah. making America great again. Um, yeah, uh, I, well, I want to announce this at the top of the show. This just yes. added, uh, I'll be headlining the Hollywood Improv this Saturday, January 30th, oh. 8 p.m. show. They just added it, so... Uh, come on down if you're in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, I'm putting together the lineup now. It'll be very fun. The Hollywood Improv's been doing great things, man. They yeah, started it's been the, really cool. That that lab space, I was just hanging out there Saturday, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of really cool shows. It's where we did the Star Wars holiday special, mm-hmm. uh, and we're going to be doing some more shows there coming up. It, they've made it a really cool, like, it was great. It was Saturday night, like, Ron Funches was headlining, so the main room was packed, and then Eric Schwartz was doing this, like, variety show in the uh in the lab and that was packed and it was it was just like all this cool stuff was going down they're really trying to you know ramp up that club and Good. and get solid headliners and also mm-hmm. experimental stuff get younger comics in there it's it's mm-hmm. it's a really cool thing so come by this saturday the 30th what is um am i allowed to talk yet i never know if i'm oh, supposed to talk oh, before being introduced it. or not it doesn't matter that's Hi. our guest allison rosen ladies I'm, and gentlemen. Allison. <laughs> I'm here but i had a question that made it so i had to break in before i was officially introed what is the lab space like the lab space is like a little 50 seat um room that has a bar in it and there's no drink minimum but they still need a dvd player they they didn't have a dvd player where they're like i know it's an old technology but you still need it people are still using it um yeah so what they did i mean they kind of (laughs) have gone through a lot of things so the old bar at the improv they tried to turn that in a restaurant that didn't that wasn't really working and then they made this was just going to be the lab space was just the new bar and where you would go and like that right. before you go I've into the main show yeah. it was like a holding area right right so you'd go there before after the show so then this the, the restaurant thing wasn't really working so they're like let's just make that the bar holding area like it used to be for right. a thousand years yeah. and then turn the new bar area back and because it used to be a lab space but it was sort of this neglected performance room you know mm-hmm. um so now they made it really nice there's a nice stage there's nice lighting uh, and there's a bar in there and, and they do stuff like there's no drink minimum and the ticket price is usually under 10 bucks or something like that. But they're trying, they really want to make it. And and then upstairs in, they've made a green room now upstairs. That's also a lot of the Sideshow Network podcasts are recorded up there. Oh, okay. So that's like a, they really maxed out the space. It was like a storage room and all this mm-hmm. stuff. It's, it's, it's really cool. And they're awesome. doing like two shows a night every night and they're all very different. And then I later... There was this late show in the lab that Aiko Tanaka, who's been on the show, mm-hmm. co-hosts, and it's called like, I forget the name of it, but you perform, you do like a five-minute set, and then there's two of her Japanese friends on stage 
critiquing you. <laughs> like a Japanese Benson interruption? Yeah, exactly. It's like a Japanese Benson interruption. But like adorable, not mean, but like, oh, you act sound like a drunk Japanese man. I like drunk <laughs> Japanese men. So it just felt like it was, it was hilarious. Uh, they let the audience vote, which I don't think is a good idea. Don't let the audience have power. <laughs> the audience needs to be lucky that they're getting to see a show. Um, so that they need to change. But the mm. show itself, the the format of being on stage was was, was kind of hilarious. Oh, cool. Um, so, all right. Well, let's talk about now uh, the Danish girl. Oh, you just saw this. The Danish girl. I can't wait to hear about this. This now it, this is where Eddie Redmayne he um, gets crippled and he's in a wheelchair and he's a genius, right? No, 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 no. That was last year's Oscar movie. Oh, uh, but this looked like the same thing. But basically, all he just wears uh, wigs and hats. Um, they just keep telling that story over yeah. and over again. <laughs> oh, Eddie, what are you up to now? Um, so the Danish girl is, uh, it's based on a true story. It's, um, I'm going to bring up the information right now. So it's, it's, um, it's here's it, and this is the problem. I'm going to read the IMDb description: a fictitious love story loosely inspired by the lives of Danish artists Lee Elb and Gerda Wegner or Wegner. I don't know, well, it's foreign. Um, <laughs> Lily and, and Gerda's marriage and work evolve as they navigate Lily's groundbreaking journey as a transgender pioneer. Okay, so Eddie Redmayne's character is based on the real person, a, 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 an artist who had one of the first, not the first, I think, but one of the first um, sex change operations in like the early 1900s. Okay. That is a story I would like to know about. I was going to say, that's that er, that's early they, they did that? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was very experimental. There's this doctor. Um, so... So this is also a period piece. 1926 period piece. Wow. Um, and a medical drama. Yes. And, yes. and a medical drama is what it should be. Um, <laughs> wouldn't that be interesting? That like would. what you just described, I'm in. That sounds really interesting. I'm all curious to know yeah. what happened and and it, how would you come up with a procedure like that if you're the first one? Right. Like there's no roadmap for mm-hmm. that. And and transgender people have to. It, it's tough for them in today's world. Right. Let alone back then when you have doctors just saying, "Well, you're schizophrenic." Right. Mm-hmm. You just say, "I'm trapped in this body. You're wrong. You're crazy. Whatever." Mm-hmm. So wouldn't that be interesting? It would. Oh, the, the fictitious love story. Bing, there's your problem. Wow. <laughs> it is all about their goddamn boring marriage. And here's something weird. Guess what? You know, if your husband decides he wants to start wearing women's clothing, it's going to be hard on the marriage. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, of course. It's, it's. But not in the 20s. Oh, that God. Would, yeah. And this movie, it thinks it's being so subtle. It's it's uh-huh. uh, Tom Hooper who did The King's Speech, which is a movie I like. Yes. He also did The Damn United, which is another fine movie, mm-hmm. um, both based on true stories. Um, this is just boring, boring marriage talk, but it's all... And, and, so, is it The King's Speech director? Same, same guy, Tom wow. Hooper. Um, so... Ah. It's so it's so frustrating on so many levels because it's like this did not deserve to get nominated for best picture. Now you wonder too when it got nominated what, did people even watch it no, or just saw no. a period transgender like, nomi- oh, current, directed yeah. yeah. This it's, is it's the like problem a with Street Pass. Exactly. It's the problem with the academy. <laughs> this mm-hmm. and this like oh 
And it's all English accents and talking quietly and staring out windows. No and Danish accents? Rain. No, they're just all English accents. They have English accents in Denmark. Um, it's insane. And it's every period piece, paint by the numbers, the color shots, the, the color mm. template is the same, the shots look the same, the music is the same. It's infuriating because it's like, okay, you want to do the, the groundbreaking transgender movie? I'm all for it. This isn't that. And I just feel like the Academy- So if Merchant Ivory made a transgender movie, it would look like this. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and it's just, okay, in, in Brief History of Time, Eddie Redmayne, you see his physical and emotional transformation. Yes. It's why he got the Oscar. It's an amazing mm -hmm. acting. It's one, this Danish girl, it's one note, same thing. Mm -hmm. and, and, the, and the beginning of the movie, he like- He's a man and he's a painter and oh, he's just picking up his wife's clothes and oh, that lingerie feels nice. I got it. He's messed up. And they do that fucking. He's the lingerie like giant pantaloons. Yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. They do that a half a dozen times in the first 15 minutes. Like mm -hmm. it's so like. Is that what you mean about they think they're being subtle, but they're hitting over the head with yeah. it? Yeah. It's so like, oh. <laughs> like oh really you know later i think he be yeah i saw the fucking movie poster where he's dressed like a goddamn woman i know this is gonna happen it's called the danish girl danish girl not yeah. the danish fella <laughs> who starts wearing dresses maybe like yeah. it's it's got spoiler alert from the poster oh god and they're in all these gray rooms and the, and, the, and there's all of these shots where someone's walking and on either side is this symmetrical street all the buildings are on the same, the same. They're down a hallway where everything looks the same. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> it's two splits of the same thing. Really? Like a man who thinks he's... A, like, I fucking... I, I, by the end... An hour in, I kept going, same shot. There he goes, <laughs> same shot again. Same shot. And I was just like... It, it, it made me so mad because... Now, we've talked about this, and everyone is talking about this. So, obviously, since the the... Academy nominations came out a couple days after they had a emergency session of the Academy <laughs> saying we need to diversify our whites only country club. <laughs> I was a caddy at a whites only country club when I, the summer, um, after this, I was, I was think 12 or 13. Uh, and it was whites only. It was Evanston country club. It's in Skokie. Mm -hmm. Skokie has one of the highest percentage of Jewish people in outside of Israel mm -hmm. and it was it was it was exclusively like, dude me Jewish you couldn't be black there was more black people in that fucking country club than there were in this year's Oscars and if you look <laughs> at the best picture nominations the Danish girl so you're gonna really okay a transgender story sure it's important we should talk about it. not a boring marriage thing it would be like if Spotlight so Spotlight is is a story that needs to be told, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And there's little side things, like you see Amy Adams struggling. They're all Irish Catholics, all these reporters. And there's little side things where her nana is like, I go to church every day, you know, you got to come with me to church, and those sort of struggles. But the whole movie isn't her and her grandma not fucking making tea, whispering to each other about the goddamn Catholic church. It's the story is... is Sounds like Downton, like the beginning of oh, Downton Abbey or something. Just put 90 minutes of goddamn Downton Abbey beginnings. And it's like, wow, the story should be the surgery. It should be the groundbreaking doctor who, who mm. people in the medical community, there's a, there is a little scene with the doctor mm. and it's, and the guy's a good actor and he does a good job. It's like, you want me to remove what? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, but the doctor just sort of says, yeah, people in the medical community think I'm crazy. 
Boy, that'd be interesting. I, I should yeah. like to know how that would played it, out. Would it, as a as a medical professional, what did you have to go through to get this right. operation the, on right. the table? And show me the top people in the in medical people in the world mm. going wrong. You know, <laughs> just show me those people. So it sounds like this issue got nominated, not the movie. Exactly. Do you mm-hmm. not get a sense of how? the environment around the Danish girl reacts to the sex change? A little bit. But the bulk of the movie is him and um, Alicia Vikander, who's a fine actress. She's an Mm -hmm. Mm ex-machina. It's them and just all these... It's them dealing with it as a married couple in their gray, boring Danish house. Like... And then while they stare out the window and it rains, like, Mm -hmm. it's just like, that should be the side, the subplot. The marriage having trouble should just be like, oh yeah, that marriage would have trouble. But let's find out the bigger issues of what is the scale, the bigger scale. And you absolutely right, Chris, the the issue got nominated. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you have a movie like, let's say concussion, which I'm finishing a column on. Mm -hmm. Concussion is important. I think. People like me who are football fans need to watch this movie. I play like we talked about. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I I played the game. Uh, it, I'm scared <laughs> after watching that movie <laughs> that maybe I have this. Anyone who's got a young son who's thinking about playing mm-hmm. this should see this movie. It's important. It would be if the concussion was all just him and his wife. Just well, I, I don't know the NFL. We're having problems. Oh, it's <laughs> tough. Yeah, like again, that movie just a fine example. The woman that plays Will Smith's wife does a great job. Their relationship as they meet, as they go through this, you just sort of, he just comes home and it's like, I'm dealing with all this stuff. And she just says, you know, like stuff like I'm a supportive wife stuff, like fucking go for it. Or yeah, it's tough or don't let them. And then, then you see him go deal with the big issue and the medical doctors mm-hmm. that the NFL hires and all this other stuff. The actual story. The actual story. <laughs> yeah. It's more important. Like if this were a story that we had seen so many times, I can understand at that point them saying, let's show a new, let's, right. let's offer a new vantage point. Let's do like mm-hmm. a really personal, here's how it affects just the marriage. Right. But it's a new enough kind of story, I feel. Um, that they tell the big you can tell the big story yeah that's what people are going to want to see right now for sure because we haven't i didn't i mean i guess logically i went oh yeah i guess there was a first there had to have been a first person yeah but i didn't know i don't know anything about i don't even like the doctor i don't anything about them and i didn't get much from this film and there's no there's no character arc it's, it's more about wigs. More <laughs> about wigs and accents and the, the same Foley sounds when they walk down the wood things and the bikes on the cobble street. Like yeah, to make it sound so desolate. Oh, and just the <laughs> and old, alone. Oh, and it's the old days. Yeah, just shoot it in Sweden then. Yeah, and it's everything's gray and the hats. <laughs> it, it reminds me of like, they miss so many opportunities, the Academy Award. Like, and Brooklyn is a movie we'll talk about too, did not yes. deserve... Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that next week. We'll talk sure. about that next week. It didn't deserve, but like concussion and straight out of Compton. Straight out of Compton is is a First Amendment movie. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and we should be talking about that. You know, Room is an excellent movie, and and we'll talk about that. That's a that's that movie needs to be nominated. And The Revenant is it's just the great. Revenant was amazing. The Revenant is amazing. Like that movie. Uh, you know, I was when I was watching that movie, I. 
I thought back to what you had said on the podcast where it looked like someone just took a time machine and went back and filmed the actual people during that time. Yeah, they just GoPro these lunatics. I completely felt that way. And one of the reasons I felt that way, not only was the authenticness of the cast, I mean, we'll talk about it more when we do the Academy Award episode, but you could tell, well, you're not on a soundstage. You're in the middle of yeah. all this this desolate wilderness and mm-hmm. landscape. And, you know, they even made those comments when they were shooting. Like, this was a tough shoot. Right. And, but it it paid off. You got that feeling of isolation in the wilderness, mm-hmm. the cold, everything. The, the, if you don't survive, there's no helicopter. No, yeah, there's so, no one know, here to help you. you. Know, That's no, it. Yeah. You get a cut and it goes bad, you're yeah. done. Yeah, good luck finding the fort. Yeah. <laughs> Where you still might die right. of gangrene. They're going to cut off your foot or whatever. Yeah. Like, no, it's it's it was driving me crazy, and I'm reminded to like, you know, uh, remains of the day in 1993. Malcolm X came out, right? That was a really important story, I thought, because it showed it was based on the book which I read, and the thing about you know Malcolm X is is like I think is one of the most misunderstood people, right? Mm-hmm. So white people think he was all just kill whitey, kill whitey, which he was early. And then he changed the last chapter in the book is amazing. And Spike Lee covered it well, I thought, in his film mm-hmm. of, um, hey, I went to Mecca. I shared food with other white Muslims. Um, and then Malcolm X was killed by black people because yes. he was uncovering the head of the black Muslim church was sleeping with young women. And was he was so um, staunch in his beliefs that he's like, well... I don't care that, that that you're black and I'm a black Muslim. I'm, it's this what's there's what's right and there's what's wrong and what you're doing is wrong. And he was killed for it. And it was such an important story, especially in '93. It didn't get nominated. The remains of the day got nominated. All right. Well, I, like I said, I'll take exception to that. The remains of the day was a good film. I agree. We split on that, but I agree. Malcolm X should have been nominated for sure. I mean, okay, remains the just Emma Thompson and a butler, and they can't find their love. And there's look, the poster is them staring out a goddamn window in wigs and costumes. You hate quiet stories with accents, don't you? So boring. Like it makes me go there. I know there's contemporary stories coming out of England. Um, Do we just don't? acknowledge Christopher them? Reeve gives a wonderful performance I'm that. sure that he does <laughs> as the American that pretty much comes in and tells the English uh, on the eve of World War II that you're a bunch of amateurs right yeah and it was it's a great scene <laughs> okay but like the thing that that bothers me and, and, and it's really this is um, I'm, it's more about how the Academy Awards for the last 20 years has been doing this. Can't argue with that. They've had like <laughs> half a dozen out of 23 years where, the, where you went, oh, wow, they actually watched more I'm than- still angry at Shakespeare in Love. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's going to take a long time to get over that one. It's like, I don't even remember what other movies were up against it. Whatever they were, they were better. It, it, the thing that, and, and Ice Cube made a great point talking about Straight Outta Compton. He was on the Graham Norton show and he goes, look, the fans love this movie. People that didn't know much about us loved this movie. People that were like, hey, wow, you guys fought that, you know, that was a free speech issue. That was awesome. He goes, the fact that some awards show didn't give us a thing, he goes, it's like not, it's about, his quote is, it's like complaining about not getting enough icing on your cake. Mm-hmm. Right. And he's right. Mm-hmm. It's just the Academy Award is such a huge stage. It has such an opportunity to, to get subjects talked about that need to be talked about. Right. And they could have done it. And they yeah. do it kind of, but it's just, but it is, it's. How cool is it to have your own son play you? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I mean, would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, just that really alone, well. even like, if no one saw the movie. Like, I don't think I could have played cool. my dad that yeah. well. <laughs> and so, I don't know. It's just like, and so I watched The Danish Girl, and it sort of just brought all that up for me of mm-hmm. kind of like, all right, man, you guys. So let's, uh, let's throw it, it over to our guest now. And we've talked about this movie. We'll talk about it a little bit more. The Big Short. Now, what did you think, Allison? I really liked it. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was... And I, and I have to say, I haven't read re- reviews of it, so I don't know what other people are saying about it. Um, and I'm curious, actually. I thought it was a little gimmicky, you know, the um, the using celebrities to illustrate certain points of it and in, in the talking directly to camera. That being said, I found it very watchable, and I thought that they took something that is confusing and um, an academic, basically, and and made it come to life for the viewer. So, I mean, I, I knew about subprime mortgages and the financial collapse in very broad strokes. I, there was, there were, there was a lot of detail in the movie that I didn't know. And, and now I know, and it, I thought it was enjoyable and I thought the performances were really good. And I think that's a great point for me to keep banging this drum (laughs) of like the big short yeah, we all need to know about this. Right. It affected all of us in one way or another. I, I, I'm watching it, um, and as I was like, I was thinking about what you said while I was watching it, and I'm thinking this would actually be a good movie to show in schools. Yes, like in like mm-hmm. an economic um, in uh, class or even history or history. Yeah, for sure, because it it presents the material like you're saying in a a more accessible way very accessible so like i knew about the uh you know subprime mortgages and stuff and people couldn't pay their you know mm-hmm. loans and now you know the banks were buying them up but i didn't know more of the, some of the details and how it mm-hmm. went into like how the rating system right. was all corrupt right. and how the sec was asleep at the switch where they're so underfunded they're not even investigating anybody and, and as a viewer it's you're really i found I, I at least at that point was so invested that i was like wanted to throw something at the television like how can right. this be how yeah. can it be this corrupt why isn't everyone in jail yes <laughs> right because everyone's corrupt right and it's and it's From the top thing, down and, it, and it's the thing of like it does what good art can do and not that every oscar movie has to like change the world and talk about mm-hmm. like this that and the other thing uh like the revenant i mean what don't fight bears like there's no other, you know, it's just a well-made movie and right. it's a true story and it's it's but mm-hmm. When art can do these things of motivate you to watch and go, holy shit. Yes. You know, like, again, the Danish girl was an opportunity to get someone who might be like, oh, you know, transgenders are just mixed up. You could watch that and go, oh, man, I didn't, I didn't realize that, you know, because they could have made the point of like, oh, you're going against God's will. Well, well, no, well, hold on. People are born with deformities and stuff. Does that God's, <laughs> you right. know, like... Maybe that's a mistake. Or people God, are born stupid too. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> really dumb. Yeah. Maybe they need a little brain thing, yeah. a little brain boost. <laughs> but like that's the thing, and so so that's uh, why Big Short needs to be. Is it the best picture? No. But did it need did it need to be nominated and get some awards? I think so. And it, it was. Uh, I I liked the um, uh, what Adam McKay did kind of with the material like you know how do you make it compelling you mm-hmm. know use the you know the break the fourth wall you use celebrities and uh you know ryan gosling is hilarious in this movie um well let me ask since let me ask both you guys this since you just saw it like allison now you when you said it was too gimmicky what specifically i mean obviously you said the people talking to camera but did you think what took you out of it sometimes was it was it like too much comedy or it was so throughout the film 
all of a sudden someone will say like, here's Selena Gomez to explain synthetic CDOs. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. there would be a celebrity playing themselves explaining one of the ideas in the movie that I think that they feel like the audience, which they do, the audience needs Mm -hmm. sort of, you know, a definition of here's what this is. So in those moments, I was taken out of it. But I didn't, I I thought there was something novel about doing that. I mean, Mm -hmm. to, I mean, it was very modern, postmodern, but I did feel, it did feel a little bit gimmicky. Right. Mm -hmm. You know. But didn't take you out of it enough. No, no, I still enjoyed it. And the performances. Yes. I thought Christian Bale was amazing. I thought Steve Carell, I thought they were all amazing. The Christian Bale, like when he first comes on, camera i'm looking i'm like there's something weird about it yes eye. yes there's i had that reaction too like, what, are they gonna explain that and yeah sure enough it was a glass eye and they just made it look so seamless yeah. like you believe there's there's something off what do you song. think it was just a contact that yeah, made the well no you know different? what it could have been actually a visual effect too oh, like they could have really? actually put that in with the computer yeah Wow. There's actually, it, I, I don't know for sure, but it could have done either, either a visual effect or an actual prosthetic. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Actually, I, why don't uh, Todd, you're probably listening, let us know if that was a visual effect or not. <laughs> I thought you had a caller. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Like, is, where's Todd? <laughs> yeah, <he's, laughs> where is he? <laughs> he's our visual effects uh, commenter and also did the uh, animation on earbuds. But what so. was your question, Alice? I am still fascinated with this restricted country club in Skokie that you worked at. <laughs> that keeps going through my head. What was that like? Okay. I, well, Graham's still a member. So. <laughs> here, here. Um, it was the Evanston Country Club. Now, it was back when it was formed, Evanston uh, this, Evanston is the suburb of Chicago that I grew up in, right? Just to let anyone know who's listening. So Evanston used to be, a uh, hundred and some years ago, it was the size of Evanston and Skokie, and then Skokie became its own thing. So the Evanston Country Club when it was named that it was still part of Evanston and now the Evanston country club is in Skokie. So I got a job as a caddy. My buddy, uh, Jack Eigelman was like, let's go. We're like, yeah, let's be caddies. We were 12 and it's cash. And, and we got there and we're like, wow, man, it was wealthy white people. And were they explicit about not about only allowing whites in? Like, how did that work? Oh, you know, it's that subtle sort of, well, the board needs to review or this might not be the club for you mm. kind of stuff, you know? Um, but there was no black members. There was no Jewish members. There was no, it was waspy. No poor members. No, definitely no poor <laughs> members, I tell you what. And uh, there was like one like black caddy dude and they made all these jokes. It was so painful. It was brutal. Like, um and it was like, oh, by the end of it, by the end of the summer, I was like, oh, I'm done. I'm never doing this again. And uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was awful. I really hated it. So it's, it's, I saw that and heard all of that sort of those undercurrents that mm-hmm. sort of veiled, you know, they can't flat out say no, but they can just sort of. Well, you know, there's a what what they there was a two hundred and like there's like a two hundred fifty thousand dollar initiation fee. Jeez, wow! And you need a member to approve you. So then there was another club, another country club, that was all Jewish. That was basically just formed as a well, fuck you. Then we'll form our own country club, like, and everyone just sort of understood it. And if I would have tried to join it, they'd be like. 
This well, may not be the club yeah, tree. I think <laughs> maybe you were trying to find the Evanston Country Club yeah. there, my Irish friend. Like, uh, that's it's so weird. Like, they just accepted the segregation. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a private club. They get to do that. And What's it like now? Do you know? I have no idea. It probably still is. Yeah. Most country clubs still are. Well, if they put any of that money away from the initiate the dues, that that club could be solvent for many years to come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> They just, you know, they probably, what they would do is then they would have like, you know, like a fraternity would have like one black guy to say, hey, look, you know, like they'll, that's what they'll do. See, they'll, see, look. See, there's a... He's in every photo. Right. Yeah, he's in every photo standing next to the Goldstein. The one Goldstein we allowed in. Like, right, it's, quotas. Yeah, that's what they'll do, probably. Um, so, okay, so the next movie, Anomalisa. Now, um, I want you to pull this up on IMDb. This was a really interesting um, animated film. This was is this, uh, this was nominated for an Academy Award. This is Charlie Kaufman's new film. And um, it's hard R, <laughs> oh, wow. which is uh, insane, but it's really interesting. Uh, it's almost experimental in the way it, it's presented. Ultimately, it's a relationship story. And what's fascinating about it... better not have English accents. Well, (laughs) there's one for sure. So the lead, like, who's the lead? The lead character is uh, David Thewillis. Yes. Um, And And Jennifer Jason Leigh's in it. Yeah, and here's the thing that's really interesting. It's it's David uh, Thewillis. Thewillis, I think think he's from Harry Potter. Thewillis. Yeah. He... um, He plays the main character. And what's fascinating about it is that um, he's completely unlikable. You know, he's in this marriage he doesn't uh, really want to be in. He's in, you know, he's not a good father. He's one of those motivational speakers that are really slimy. Then he goes to like, you know, these conventions and uh, hotels, that kind of thing. And, uh, And it's hilarious. They do these things like, oh, we've read your book productivity's up 90%, like, you know, just from one of his speeches or mm-hmm. his books, which is, you know, ridiculous. But he has that weird kind of niche celebrity that they kind of play up a little bit. And I, it took me a little while to figure out what was going on, but every other character, every other puppet is voiced by one other person, whether it's a child, another man, or another woman, it's voiced by the same voice. So what happens is his perspective of the world is everything is the same. No matter who I react to, everything and everyone is the same. So when Jennifer Jason's Lee character comes in, it's a different voice, and he notices immediately, like, oh, a new person or a different uh. person. So it's a weird, because it never gets explained. You, you kind of have to figure it out. And then everyone else is voiced by Jennifer, by N- the one voicing Jennifer? No, Jennifer Jason Lee just plays this one character, and then everyone else is, is one other voice. And that's it, whether it's his wife his kid, everyone at the hotel, every other convention, it's all the same voice. Mm-hmm. The cab driver. Um, the production de- design is absolutely f- fascinating on this. It's, uh, you know, everything is stop motion puppetry. So you have these large um, airport scenes, which look amazing. But then when you get into the hotel, it's very confined. It's very small and very, but but the, the level of detail in like the hotel, room looks like a real hotel room, but you know, there's just, it's puppets are in it. And uh it has the most uncomfortable puppet sex scene I've ever seen. <laughs> of all uh, the ones of all seen. the ones <laughs> I've seen. Yeah. So if you're ever wondering what an uncomfortable um, stop motion puppet sex scene will look like in a hotel <laughs> between two very awkward puppets with a rather large age difference, mm. um, you want to see this movie. Now, ultimately... <laughs> 
Maybe you got yeah. a weird fetish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, this was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Animated Movie. Now, uh, Charlie Kaufman's stuff is always really um, interesting, but it's not always accessible. It's, it's sometimes you got to really, it, it's like that, that saying that some art comes to you and some art you really got to go to. You really got to go to you know, Charlie Kaufman's work. There's, it, it doesn't present anything to you that's really uh, straightforward. So even just subtle things like the way certain dialogue is repeated, like um, Jennifer Jason Lee's friend is like, you know, the happy, fun girl that everyone always likes. And she keeps saying over and over again, you want me? Everyone always wants Emily. Everyone always wants Emily. So it's like, it, it's very deliberate on certain lines, the way they're repeated. So, the thing about this movie, though, ultimately, it wants to pack like an emotional punch. And unfortunately, because of the weird inaccessibility sometimes of Charlie Kaufman's work and also the off-putting nature of puppet sex, <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't quite resonate with uh, um, as far as like an emotional punch. There are some definitely um, emotional and kind of like poignant scenes, but... The whole movie itself is like a really interesting experiment, but it doesn't quite get pulled off. Uh, because I'm looking at the nominees for Best Animated Film. And when you look at a movie like this, and then you look at like Inside Out or even when Marnie was there, I found those movies to carry a larger emotional punch, even though they were family movies. Mm -hmm. Where this one was, God, the most mature animated puppet movie I've ever seen. You have to go back to like you know, Fritz the cat to see like a more, you know, mature animated weird sex movie. <laughs> uh, uh, so, and I understand, you know, the way Charlie Kaufman wanted to make it uncomfortable and wanted to make it awkward and all that stuff. Everything he does is deliberate. That's what I love about him. Like there's no mistakes, nothing. He doesn't put anything in there by mistake or uh, that's not deliberate. Ultimately, I didn't think it resonated emotionally the way I think he wanted it to. Uh, but there are some really cool, interesting things about it, especially like one of the things that I thought was a mistake at the beginning. Like when you first see these And this is these a puppets, short, you said? No, this is a full feature. This is a full, this full feature. feature. Yeah. Anomalisa, yeah. When you see the character on the airplane, that's the way it begins, you see the seams in the puppet's jaw. Like, and this is where when you have stop motion animation, they swap out certain parts of the head, hair, and... Uh, uh, jaw, but and what happens is those seams are generally taken out in the computer, so everything looks you know smooth. right. They were deliberately left in, so every puppet you could see all the seams in them. But then, as the movie gets kind of progresses and gets weirder, like certain parts of the puppet's head they come off. Like so, you see, so you're supposed to see the seams the entire time. So just the way you you see, obviously, the way someone is like falling apart. Mm -hmm. So. It's definitely worth a look. It's like, I, ha I can honestly say, it's like nothing I've ever seen before. I just don't think it packed the emotional punch that it really um, wanted to. So, okay. So when you put it up against like Inside Out or some of the other nominations. Yeah, or when Marnie was there, I, I, felt, I felt more emotionally moved by those movies than this one. But it's still inventive enough? It's definitely inventive enough. It's definitely different and it's definitely worth a view for sure. Uh, the other thing, too, is it's such a small category, best animated feature film. I don't know else what else would have replaced it. Like, there's, right. is there another anime movie that was better than this one to be nominated? I, you know, I can't think of any. So I don't think it doesn't deserve to be there, but I don't think it deserves to win. I have two questions. Yes. Could the story have been told with actors and would it have been better? Like, in what did the puppets bring to it? That's a great question. And uh, I'm actually, as I, and I was thinking about that, too didn't bring enough 
for the to justify the medium i thought i thought it was really beautiful the way it was you know ultimately put together but the type of kind of story just that kind of happened in the hotel room and the um the alienation of this guy with the rest of basically the world uh it it, it didn't it didn't necessarily need to be told out in puppetry <laughs> but but before you ask your your second question mm-hmm. let me let me ask you this it, was that though in hearing which how you describe it, mm-hmm. this guy's in this mundane life and everything's sort of bore. Is that was that part of the design of? He feels like he's this puppet in this in this boring. Definitely, world. definitely. So that needed to be. You, you know, it, be it's it, it's like it's one of those things where it was like halfway there. I I get what you were going for, mm-hmm. but I didn't feel like you got quite there. Ah. Like that kind of that kind of thing. Like yeah, I totally get why it was stop motion. I get why you used puppets, but did it get there to where it was like so amazing? Like you could see, even if you go back to like family movies, like The Nightmare Before Christmas, could that have been done any other way than stop motion animation? And the answer is no. I mean, that was really part of the charm and everything. Like if you take the mature aspects out of this film and you just look at it for more of what it was, an animated film um, that was going to, uh, give like you a big emotional punch on the kind of the malaise of modern life and how everything feels the same and you feel trapped and all that stuff. So I get it. I see the point. I see why everything was done. I just don't think it got there completely. Okay. Um, oh yeah. And Second question. Synecdoche, New York. Schenectady, New York. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. I said what it sounds like. Um, <laughs> was that was Kaufman as well, right? Is that uh, it? Or was it be? not? I'm trying to think if that was. Uh, Let me bring this up. Let me bring up his IMDb. Page. Yeah, yeah. Um. So he has done. Uh, Schenectady, New York. Yes, yeah, in 2008. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did, did you see that? And I what did. Think of that. Mm-hmm. What do you think of you it? You know what? That didn't. Um, I, I didn't love that one, but I thought that one. Interestingly, that's interesting. You bring that up because now that I'm thinking about it. I felt the way that was shot and the way that um, it was put together, especially with building like a scale model of mm-hmm. Schenectady in like a warehouse, I felt all that product, production design was more justified <laughs> into what he was actually doing. So um, I didn't love that movie, but I thought it was it was definitely interesting. Yeah, I think that's, I remember, I do think in the, f- early, like the first half of the movie, I did emotionally connect with it, and then I felt like it was a little bit meandering and kind of lost its way. Yeah, or Seymour, I lost my way. No, no, it. you're absolutely right. It was Philip Seymour Hoffman who did a great job in the yeah. movie, but it was it was one of those things where you know Charlie Kaufman pretty much says, "You're either with me for the full ride or you're not." You know, when he when he makes a movie, you know, I'm going to take some turns. Mm-hmm. You might be with me in the beginning, but you got to stick with me through the whole thing. And not all of us do. <laughs> Right. But the thing about his films and his work, it, it's you're never you never feel cheated. You never feel like, oh, I can't believe you did that. I feel like, all right, I didn't want to take that last turn with you, but I'm glad you made this film. Right. I'm glad you, you made it, it the way. All. Yeah, I'm glad you made it the way you wanted to make it. Um, so, like I said, it's like it's never a mistake. You know what he does. Mm-hmm. So it, it's like I said, it's worth a view. Um, it just I don't think it got all the way there with its emotional punch. Okay. What do we want to talk about now, buddy? Well, we uh, now that Allison is in the garage, she is a big fan of romantic comedies. Oh, snap. Yeah. Mm, I know how. I'm, I'm a real basic bitch in that way. <laughs> <laughs> I also enjoy screwball comedies. Mm-hmm. I enjoy other genres as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess uh, rom-coms sort of have my heart. What's your favorite one? Ooh. I like the sure thing a lot. 
great mm. movie. I don't know if I said it's my favorite. Um, you know what? Actually, if I had to say a favorite movie, I would probably say Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. That's oh. not really a romantic comedy, though. In a way, though, it is, I think, because... It's it like it a, gets it, at that relationship. Is, it a, is stuff. it a reverse romantic comedy? No, I yeah, kind of because you got you're trying to erase a relationship. <laughs> but you kind of, I kind of feel like that movie is it's a romantic comedy in the sense that so you have a romantic comedy. Are we still talking about Charlie Kaufman? Yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> Charlie Kaufman and rom coms. Yeah, um, because a, ro- a romantic comedy is a lot of you know these two are going to end up together. Mm-hmm. It's just how do we get there, right? Mm-hmm. And Eternal Sunshine, they still end up, spoiler alert, they end up together. <laughs> um, yeah. and, but it's just, this is how you, you, those two wind up together in a romantic comedy done by the, a fucking mad genius, Charlie Kaufman. <laughs> That's why I loved it. Mm-hmm. Because it is about, and then the two of them do connect, and it is sort of, it also asks the questions of like, you know, because we all go through painful stuff in our life, and oh God, I wish I could just forget it. And you kind of see, well, you can't. That makes up who you are. Right. You need it. And if you start erasing it, then you're sort of lost and there's these weird holes in your mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I love- Didn't that also happen in Star Trek Three. <laughs> when Kirk goes, I need my pain. Yes, that's what I'm quoting. I need my pain. Right, exactly. That's it's directly when James Tiberius Kirk has all of our answers. <laughs> I love any time- Or was it five? I don't remember what number it doesn't that matter. was. No, three was- uh, Search for Spock. Yeah. I love anytime art tries to illustrate the way that the mind and the psyche and emotions work, mm-hmm. like making that something that you can actually look at. Um, so, you know, for the same reason I loved being John Malkovich, that, that, that was Kaufman as well, right? Yep. Yeah, he wrote this that. just the Kaufman episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's also not quite a rom-com, but um, <laughs> maybe I am wrong about myself. <laughs> Maybe I just love Charlie Kaufman. Maybe yeah. we can talk more about his movies. Um, what other like what other rom coms? Probably like Princess Bride. I lo- I like Princess Bride. That's a great um, movie. You know, I never mentioned When Harry Met Sally as uh, because I feel like that's so cliche. But I did think that was really good. Mm-hmm. I liked When Harry Met Sally. Give us your what's your guilty pleasure? Like I know this is a dumb one. I know it. Dude, where's my car? <laughs> I watched. Have you seen it? I yes, need to watch I've it again. It. I watched yeah. it. Somehow, it's not going to hold up. <laughs> I, I had the VHS tape. I received like a VHS screener. I mm-hmm. watched it like four times, in, not in one sitting, mm-hmm. but I know that I watched it multiple times. That and um, a movie that doesn't get talked about very much, but I watched more than once was 200 Cigarettes. Oh, that? I remember oh, that yeah, movie. I remember that yeah. There are certain movies that when I put them on, I feel like I'm watching a good, just a long, good sitcom because mm-hmm. I love sitcoms, um, or I used to love them. So, I Two Hundred Cigarettes had that quality, and uh, Dude, Where's My Car did as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, this <laughs> there's a show idea we were sort of talking about. We've been talking about for a while called Comedy Film Nerds Defend Your Movie, mm-hmm. and we're going to try to do it. It's a, like a live court case thing. I love it. I want you to defend Dude Where's yes. I will. <laughs> Based on my memories of it or rewatching it? Whatever. Yeah. You just gotta defend Your choice. It. Yeah. Okay. You just gotta sit there and there's a, be a prosecuting attorney and then you have to defend why Dude my, Where's My Car is a good movie and then the audience. This is where we, the audience is the jury. They yes. Um, so it would be guilty or not guilty. I will do that. it. I mean my memory is that it thoroughly amused me even though it was a really stupid movie 
That's all that counts. Yeah. Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all. I will defend Rudy. Yeah. <laughs> I will defend Rudy as a great. I'll do the animated Transformers movie. <laughs> I'm the prosecuting attorney yeah. on that, buddy. You better get your shit together. That was, I'm ready. That courtroom is going to yep. go, go. I watch it every couple of years. <laughs> uh, all right. Any other rom-coms? Well, I watched Obvious Child recently, um, and I'm trying to figure out if that... Oh, right. I th- we talked about this before, but yeah, that's... I'm trying to figure out if that... I think that that does qualify as a... I mean, it, it's a heartfelt... It's... That's got... It's... It's a. I'm trying to figure out if I would call it a rom com or a dramedy. Because um, isn't it more about like her struggle versus like the the, the relationship and the love? It's it's kind of it's both. I mm-hmm. mean, there is a romance that goes all the way through it. So um, Jenny Slate stars in it, and she plays a comedian named Donna Stern, and she's kind of a mess, and she gets pregnant. Um, and I don't I don't think this is a spoiler because I think every it's kind of like if you see the poster going in, you know that there's an abortion right. in the movie, and it got a lot of attention because it told the story of someone who has an abortion in a very matter of fact, very. Um, non-apologetic way like it you know there it wasn't like citizen ruth that which also i thought was a great movie but really Mm -hmm. dealt with the issue of abortion like in this world there is no issue of abortion it is just a thing that you can do if you feel that it is the best thing for you to do um so i mean it definitely like the the abortion scene and afterwards did tug at your heart so it, it in no way did i find it cold but um I thought it was sort of important in the way that it made it something that in the movie you could watch the movie and say, "Oh, maybe I don't have to feel so guilty about this thing if this is something that that had happened." Um, and I'm I'm very public about the fact that I'm trying to get pregnant right now. Like my whole life is trying to bring these tiny embryos, and right. we're doing IVF, and we've got frozen embryos, and I mean I'm like in the world that's opposite abortion right now, and yet <laughs> <laughs> and yet I I watched it and. Was on board. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And there's, it was just, it was really, it was really well done. It was, when the credits rolled, I actually was like, what? It's, oh, how short was this movie? I mean, it's actually, it's around nine, it's like 95 minutes, but I wasn't ready for it to end. I was ready to continue being in the world. Um, and I think because of the romance that is threaded throughout the story. That's cool. Mm. Yeah. And it does, obviously, it has a sense of humor about it. Oh, yeah, very much. It's oh, it's cool. funny. It's very funny. You're the second guest that's come on and talked about it. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I really need to see this movie. Mm-hmm. Who was the other? Do you remember? I don't remember. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't. Don't tell me. I don't want to know. <laughs> uh, all right. All right, cool. Well, let's talk about DVDs and Blu-rays. Goosebumps is now, is now out. You know what? This movie surprised me, actually, how well uh, put together it was. It was a really good kids movie. Um, it was it hit that sweet spot of like you know it's kids like to be scared but you can't show horrible graphic violence or you know or gore and you know um, R.L. Stein has been doing this for many many years and has made millions and millions of dollars books all over I mean they even make jokes with uh, Jack Black saying it's like you know I've sold more books than Stephen King and no one ever talks about that you know things like <laughs> that like he doesn't get the credit he deserves and he's the, this recluse writer and, and you know then all his monsters come to life and attack the town but he's really funny but what I love too is what they did is the filmmakers actually took it seriously mm-hmm. so every little 
uh, role was filled by like a comedian or an improv actor. Ah. And every little scene that you would think was just like a throwaway scene, they played it up and you could tell they were improving on set. And it was, they're all really funny. Mm-hmm. So it was like, this is, you know, you could make kids and family movies compelling for everyone in the theater. They don't have to be dumb or talk down to you. And it just, it, it just takes filmmakers to give a shit. That's all right. it is. So um, it was, it's definitely, a, if you have some nostalgia, if you grew up reading these books, you're going to enjoy this movie. Um, if you have kids, you'll enjoy it and not be bored. And I thought Jack Black was a really good pick for this. Cool. So the next movie is Burnt. I did not see. Oh, did anyone see this? And I don't know Bradley Cooper is yeah. the renegade cook in France and his life's on the line to make food because people kill you in France if the food is good. No, they don't. This is ridiculous. He's got to put his life back together yeah, through bread. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> through bread. I built my life together through a nice loaf of bread. <laughs> and uh, the next movie is Chirac. This is Spike Lee's movie that's based, I believe, on a Shakespeare play. Uh, I think we talked about it before. I, I definitely wanted to see it, but I didn't get a chance to check it out. You know, it was in theaters for a week or two. Is this the one that he funded on Kickstarter? I think so. Uh, it's, it's, it, here it is. It's a modern-day adaptation of the ancient uh, Greek play. No, Lys- not Shakespeare, sorry. Lysistrata. Lysistrata yeah. uh, by Aristophanes, set against mm-hmm. the backdrop of gang violence in Chicago. Right. Um, that's that's really interesting. Like, uh, let, me, let me read the details on this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it made a couple million dollars. It doesn't wasn't have, in many theaters. Doesn't have many theaters. Well, then I really so, want to see it, man. Yeah, no, it looks good. Um, the next movie is World of Tomorrow. This is a short by Don Hertzfeld. Um, it's an animated film. It's streaming on Netflix right now. And it's obviously it's nominated for an Academy Award for Best Animated Short. Now, the thing about his movies is it's a lot of stick figures. But his stuff is so inventive and weird and just brutally honest and funny that every time he comes out with a short film, he's one of those few filmmakers that it's like, it's an event. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, he has a huge following, like, you know, people buy his short films. And now the fact that it's streaming, he almost, he's got one of those records that when he comes out with a short film he has a pretty good chance of being nominated for an academy award right. he's had a bunch of them nominated yeah. and this one is really interesting it's kind of a time travel movie about a little girl who um meets her his her future self and then her future self takes her into the future to tell her what life is going to be like and then mm-hmm. but it's all ethereal metaphysical and it's all uh um really really kind of abstract which Mm -hmm. is really cool and really interesting and there's one the thing about his his animation is you're laughing hysterically one minute and then another minute there's like this really heartfelt poignant point that you're like that almost makes you sad because it's so truthful um it's the best way i could describe it is he has he's almost cornered the market and created his own genre of animated modern life nihilism (laughs) So, I'm in. I, I want to see this so bad now. So it's so we've got this. We've yeah. got puppet sex. Like this yeah, is a yeah. solid lineup. <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a solid animated lineup, and and it, I think it's like 15 minutes. It's not that long, but it it's really really interesting. As all his short films are, if you're not familiar with his work, uh, definitely check him out. Don Hertzfeld, and you could check this out uh, streaming on Netflix right now, and it is nominated for a, an Oscar. World of Tomorrow. All right. 
So what do we got uh, on the site? Yeah, we've got something new that we debuted. Uh, Neil's new column. He's doing every week now. He's going to be doing entertainment news. And we just named it. Starting next week, it'll be called Weekly Film News. Yeah. <laughs> but how are people going to know what it's about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and uh, what, what Neil's doing is he's going to kind of wrap up all the movie news that happened over the week and then kind of give his opinion and take on it. And it's Would, already been uh, already well received on Facebook. Yeah, it's been great because this is sort of something we kind of do on this show, but it's sort of right. not necessarily have the time, but we need a place to like this film got greenlit, this director right. left this thing. Mm-hmm. Like we need to sort of, this is the controversy. This, this is week the, sure. Or, yeah. And so we need to have a place for that. And, and mm-hmm. Neil's going to do that. With, yep. with his. He's going to take care of you guys <laughs> once a week. You get your movie news from Neil. Yeah. <laughs> so put your belly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and premiering this week, 50 shades of black, dear Lord. I, <laughs> Here's the thing. I saw the trailer and I was like, "All right." So I was this is this just um, another Wayans uh, thing? Um, but it might. If they're spoofing Fifty Shades of Grey, I watched that on a plane. That's a Fifty Shades of Grey is bad. Oh, you finally saw I it. I finally saw it. Oh, we didn't talk about oh, that. We, oh, we, 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 <laughs> we were going to do a spoiler up on that. <laughs> we still could. Yeah. Um. So the fact that they're spoofing that. I'm kind of on board with. Will it be executed correctly and will it actually be funny? I'm curious. I saw one or two jokes in the trailer that actually made me laugh. Okay. So I'm going to make a statement right now. <laughs> this movie is going to be horrible. And I will say, if Marlon Wayans ever gets nominated for anything, that means we've taken this diversity thing too far. <laughs> Well, yeah, let's hope that I don't do that. And I hope it's just like, Soul Plane 2 gets right. nominated. Yeah. Like, that is kind of like our, um, you know, our, 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 our goal line. Yeah. It's like, if you go to, no, now it's, now it's time to pull back yeah. a little bit. It's the same bit. director, yeah. though, that did A Haunted House and A Haunted House 2. Another well, yeah, well, he's got his, he's got his team. You're not going <laughs> to. So, uh, yeah, the diversity thing is about giving good movies a shot. Yeah. Not just like, anything black. <laughs> 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 Um, all right, we'll see. I'm, I actually might go see Even a this. Golden Globe. That would be, that's too much as well. It's <laughs> <laughs> all right, what else is coming out? Uh, the Finest Hours. What is this? This is, uh, you know what? I looked this up a minute ago and I just had a, uh, it's Chris Pine. A, a brain, a brain edit. Oh, well, sorry. I'm closing the chair. Yeah, oh, oh no. yeah, this is the boat movie. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, the Coast Guard makes a daring rescue attempt of the coast of Cape Cod after a pair of oil tankers are destroyed during a blizzard in 1952. It looks like it's kind of based on a true story. Uh, it's Chris Pine. Yeah, I don't know. This I saw this and I went, oh, couldn't get a summer release, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm on board with Finest Hours. You know what's interesting, too? I wonder if, like, you know, just as long as it's not released in February... You know, yeah, get get it out right before February, where all the bad movies come out. Yeah, yeah you know what? This is bad movie adjacent. <laughs> yeah, we're we're pretty close. It's like, all right, the, the there's no Super Bowl, there's no playoffs this weekend, mm-hmm. so go see finest Coast Guard boat movie. I don't we'll, know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I think, given the choice, staying home or seeing that movie, people are going to stay home. Yeah, it doesn't seem like something um, you would rush out to see if the, if there's two feet of snow in your city and you need to go. I mean, all right, you're going to go to the grocery store. You're, You're gonna. <laughs> it's the same director that did Million Dollar Arm, and Mr. Woodcock, and Fright Night. 
and Lars and the Real Girl. So I can't know. I don't know that that list gives you any mm-hmm. sort of. Uh, it it's neither not, harm nor hurts you. It does, it's, there's <laughs> no or helps you. In keeping with the theme, there's no yeah. mooring. No, there's, get, that. there's there's no, <laughs> no there's no lighthouse no, that, that guides you. That's where you go. All right. Well, this um, every one of those n- movies on that list has balanced each other out. Yeah. So you're 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 now at zero again. I guess so. It's a coin toss. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So into the water. Uh, <laughs> next movie we will be going to see for sure: Kung Fu Panda Three. Uh, I really enjoyed the first one. I thought the second one I didn't like as much. It went a little too dark, I thought. But this one looks really fun. Like, I'm really looking forward to seeing this What one. I'm hoping for is they did the thing that happens in a lot of third movies. The f- when the first movie's great, the sequel's not great. Yeah, they, then they bring your dad in and look for the Holy Grail. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they try to, like, all right, let's go back to what, and this is Rick Myers. Obviously, main complaint is is the first one had all this great kung fu right. philosophy, and the second one did not. The se- yeah. Second one didn't, so maybe they'll mm-hmm. go back to that. Right. It seemed, the, the, I saw like part of a trailer, and it mm-hmm. seemed like it, it's kind of going to do that. It look yeah, it looks fun, and it looks like it's going back to kind of like the, right. the tone of the first film. Um, now, the Oscar-nominated short films are playing in a select group of theaters. They are difficult to find, but if you can check them out, there's uh, there's a bunch of good ones for sure. Um, and then Jane Got a Gun is the next movie. This is a Western kind of revenge-ish tale. Natalie Portman and Joel Edgerton and Ian McGregor. So, and it's directed by Gavin O'Connor, and he did the movie Warrior, which I liked. He did uh, he did Miracle, uh, which I liked. He did Pride and Glory. Uh, you know, so. No, this could be one of these movies that... Oh, it could be a fun Western, or it could be just like, oh, gosh, really? I don't know. I think... I, I haven't seen any trailer on it, but I, I feel like that description and those those actors... I've this, seen the trailer. And, this, and the trailer doesn't tell you either way, too. It's like a very neutral trailer. I'm like, oh, this could be good, or oh, this could be... Is it just like, good. Jane got a gun. You'll never do that again. <laughs> <laughs> like, this gonna, weekend. <laughs> yeah, we're going to defend this house, or, you know, and then, you know, the bad guys are coming to... You know, so they're they're loading up and trying to defend the house. <laughs> Just makes me think of Aerosmith. Of all the I know. Names, I was thinking why? that too. Yeah. I wonder if that was like the inspiration. That move. That song's got to be in the <laughs> at the but soundtrack. It's Janie. At the end. Yeah. 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 But she's on the run. That's true. Yeah. The whole world's come undone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could listen to you guys go through the whole album. <laughs> That way, just conversationally yeah. say it. That's awesome. Give me some sweet emotions. Oh. <laughs> that that dude. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, well, we have a, a cool announcement. We are now uh, carrying um, Allison Rosen's new shirt. Awesome. Mm. Right. I'm very. Now tell us about this new shirt, Allison. I'm very happy with how this new shirt came out. It is dark heather gray. Um, and it has my logo, my, the logo that you'd see in iTunes for my podcast. Um, but it's in alternate colors. So different colors than, uh, what you'd see in iTunes. And when my first shirt came out with snuggleberries on it, Mm -hmm. you know, people really liked it, but there were a lot of people who were saying you should do one just with your logo. Mm -hmm. Initially I did, I thought that's too, um, too on the nose. And you know what? People just run their mouths. They do. They do. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Uh, so um, 
I, yeah, so we made this one. And when I opened up the box and saw them, I was like, these turned out even better than oh, I expected. Cool. I really, there's something almost. Well, Chris is the guy running his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said people. I didn't say not me. <laughs> I'm pretty dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to me from <laughs> Um, yeah, I feel like there's something almost, I don't want, almost distressed. Magical? Magical. Yeah. En- enchanting. <laughs> no, what I was going to say is distressed. There's something like almost distressed looking about them. Like they look mm-hmm. like they've been worn a little bit, but I, but they're not truly distressed. But like, mm-hmm. I guess my, I, I, my, I'm saying Well, you and your much. husband tried each one on. That's right. <laughs> yeah. You wore them around. For yeah. A each one has, is literally pre-worn. Yeah. No, um. <laughs> I didn't want it to have that like giant bright screaming in your face logo look mm-hmm. and it doesn't. It's like there's something kind of I don't know. I, d- I personally just think it turned out really well and I uh, look forward to everyone buying one. Yeah. Yes. Very cool. So well, we, we carry- will have that up. Yeah, we'll have that up uh, later today. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Um maybe yeah, right around the time this episode goes. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So we'll, if you listen to it immediately. Yeah, you maybe wait another hour yeah, and they'll be there. Settle down. <laughs> yeah. You'll get, you'll get your shirt. Yeah, don't worry. You'll get your magical logo shirt. <laughs> That's been worn by Alex. Yes. Right, and, and my husband. 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 We both got into the shirt together, actually, so they're, they're pre-stretched, too. They tested all the seamings really yeah. strong. Yeah. The, That's a commitment. Yeah. That's, you only get that from podcasters. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> only a podcaster would do that. <laughs> Is that insane? Yeah. To do that. Um, sweet. Uh, well, what else do we got? We've got... Uh, so, Allison, tell us what, what else. Where can people listen to your show? What are the things you got going on? Um, you Websites. can listen to Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend on Monday and Thursday. And Ooh. you can get that at iTunes.com slash Allison Rosen. Or you can go to my website, which has recently been redesigned. So I've got a fancy new website after years of having an unfancy old website. <laughs> uh, and that's just AllisonRosen.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen, Instagram at Allison Rosen, Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash the Allison Rosen. Not because I'm self-important. I mean, I kind of am, but just because <laughs> I think uh, Allison Rosen was already taken. So mm-hmm. I'm all over social media and I've been doing quite a few podcasts lately. So um, just keep your ears open and you'll hear me. I'm everywhere. <laughs> it's a fun podcast. We've had it in the festival a couple mm-hmm. of times. Yes. It's a blast to listen to, guys. It's a it's a cool show. and Check it out. Um, as I said, I'll be headlining the Hollywood Improv this Saturday, January 1st, in the main room at 8 p.m. February 1st. January 30th. What did I say? You said January 1st. Yeah. Yeah. Next year. <laughs> New Year's 17, guys. Put it in the calendar. All right. I'll say that all over again. Saturday, January 30th oh, got at it. 8 p.m. Saturday, January... So not, th- even, not even one of the numbers was right. Nothing. I was off. <laughs> I had nothing right. I had January right. Everything else was incorrect. <laughs> so, Jesus, I'm a jackass. At four in the morning. At four in the morning, guys. Get your coffee in your tents, and you'll see me and Allison's husband wearing some T-shirts. Uh, so, yeah, come out this Saturday, and I put all the info on the Comedy Film Nerds page, my Facebook page. Uh, follow me um, at Graham Elwood if you don't already, and I'll be announcing uh, other comics that are going to be on the lineup as I get people to confirm this week. Um, so check that out. Chris, what else? Uh, I'm to, I forgot to say this up top. I want to thank the uh, CFN fans that came out to the Fantasy Springs Casino nice. over the weekend. Very cool. Uh, a couple of you guys came out. And uh, we have, like like we're talking about, we have a lot of cool stuff in the store right now. We have the Thrilling Adventure Hour shirts. We have a new design. Uh, we have interesting... Uh, 
um, names for the colors. It's dark green, but we're calling it clay. Mm. So check that out on the site. And also the DVDs and the gift packs are also available. We are. You guys have all been asking. We will be announcing PodFest dates for this year. We haven't done that yet. We have the dates. We have the Sofitel locked in. We're just putting together a big fancy press release. Uh, and that'll happen in the next couple of days. And when that goes out, then tickets will go on sale a uh, couple weeks later in mid-February. Perfect. So don't worry. And we're already locking down shows, too. It's going to be an amazing yes. year. We are getting shows locked in. It's mm-hmm. fucking... Shows that have never been in the festival yeah. before, too. Different yeah. genres, really cool stuff. Uh, in addition to all your other favorites. Yes. So... Uh, check back soon with that. Uh, I think that's our episode. I think that's it. Done. Didn't lock it up. Uh, thank you so much, thank Allison. Thank you for having me. This is super fun. Um, we appreciate all you guys listening. You know, like us on all the various things. Yep, and check out Allison's t-shirts. There's actually uh, three really cool mm-hmm. des- uh, designs right now. So uh, check out your favorite and buy as, it. As we said, you spend 20 bucks with us once a year. You can keep us going. So we appreciate it. Here you go, Allison's mm-hmm. cool shirt. And you're supporting... Here's what you're doing by buying that shirt. You're supporting Allison. You're mm-hmm. supporting a cool podcast. You're supporting this site. You're supporting the people who made the shirt. Like, is it Jeff Fox and the whoever was involved in all that stuff? Mm-hmm. Anyway. No, but great people still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. You're supporting a bunch of like independent artists right. and business owners is mm-hmm. what you're doing, which, so take that. So good for you. Good for you. Way to <laughs> vote with your dollars. Um All right, thank you so much. My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han Han shot shot first. first. Puppet sex. (laughs) 